Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorce Girl Smiling, the company that brings people facing divorce trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult which is a 30-minute consultation with me where I will talk to you, listen to your story, let you vent, and then personally match you up with professionals I think can help you. Today, I want to talk about feelings of anger, resentment, and just bitterness that divorce can cause but more specifically, how some people, very understandable, by the way, so no judgment, because of those feelings, they share the details of their divorce with their kids. And again, if you're doing this or you have done it a couple times and you feel guilty, please don't, because I completely understand. I've been there. I'm sure I did it in my divorce but it's really unhealthy, and if you're doing it, you need to stop. And so that is what I want to talk about today, specifically three reasons you shouldn't share the details of your divorce with your kids. And to talk about this, I'm so excited to have Sherry Morris, divorce coach and co-parenting coach, with me today. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Jackie. It's lovely to be here. I am really excited to talk about this with you. It's such an important topic. Before we get into it, though, I want to tell my listeners a little bit about you. So Sherry is a divorce coach, and she's also a co-parenting coach. She used to be an attorney, and in 2015, she started her coaching practice. And Sherry's also a yoga instructor, an author, She personally went through a divorce, and she is the mother of four children. So, Sherry, you are more than qualified to talk about this, and I'm really excited to hear your advice, and I know the listeners are going to benefit from it. Thank you, Jackie, and I really like how you led with no judgment. We are all fundamentally at the core human beings with our own emotions, and I really like to start there and have hold the space for people going through or post-divorce who have these complicated feelings about their co-parent, and it's okay to feel things, and really what we're doing in this work is helping people shift behavior, and what I find is over time, if we can shift the behavior, the feelings also shift. A hundred percent. Love that. Before we get into the three reasons why you shouldn't share the details of divorce with your kids, I want to ask you a question. Why do people do it? That's a great question. What a great question. I think part of it has to do with who we are fundamentally as people. We feel in divorce, either that we have to rationalize why we chose to divorce or defensive, perhaps, that we've been left. So it's a very human nature sort of thing. We, we want to proactively explain, even to children sometimes, what's happening from our perspective. It's a really self-protective mechanism that's very human. I totally agree. And also what I find from the Divorce Girl Smiling community is these people, men and women, 
They want to be heard. They want to be validated. They want to make sure that others understand what they're going through. And so they share these details and when you're sharing the details, it's good that you share details, but just not with your kids. And what I want to do after we talk about the three reasons not to share the details with your kids is get into who you should share the details with. So with that said, number one of the three reasons you shouldn't share the details of your divorce is that your child deserves to be a child and not parentified by you. This is a really important one. And I say this in particular, if you have young children, even teenagers, frankly, as an adult, it's your job in the family system to take care of yourself and to reach out to others to get the help you need. And that leads into what we're going to talk about later is who you should reach out to, um, a therapist, a divorce coach. But if you burden your child with your difficulties, even if it's well-intentioned, as you said, to be validated, as I said, to be understood and to, to feel the space of humanity. The kids may have trouble later. So the trouble comes for kids, and it, it is called parentification, when you're looking to them to do the job that you're supposed to do. They're confused about their relationship with you. Are they supposed to take care of you? Are they supposed to hear your version and not like the other parent? It's just not good for them because it's your job to take care of the child. And in fact, the data we have about divorce shows conflict between parents is what hurts the kids. So this means, and this is the really important part, even if you're right about your co-parent, your kids may suffer if you tell them too much. As hard as this time is for you, it doesn't help them developmentally to overshare. Now, when you say if a kid is parentified, what does that do to them? Like, what does it do in the long run? What, what happens? What I have learned and been educated about in this space is what happens is they feel less able to take care of their own needs, to express their own needs. They may be too enmeshed with you as a parent and feel it is their job to take care of you. It may impact their own ability to trust in future relationships, to know how to do that. So there are lots of things that can happen leading to anxiety, depression, a lack of development. Um, again, we, we don't want to extrapolate always to the worst case scenario, but these things we do see, and we see this especially in the work I do when I'm working with sometimes the family system and talk to the child's therapist. These are all the things they report that they see with these kids. Now, Sherry, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're going, oh my gosh, I've probably ruined my child by now. Tell me why they haven't and why if they stop now, it's going to be fine. Such a, such a great question, Jackie. It means everything to know that repair with a child is possible. And in fact, I want to I give real solace to people who think that, oh, no, I've done it wrong. Not only have you maybe done it a little bit wrong, 
that's okay because part of what we teach children is how to be resilient and to recover from mistakes that even we as parents make. And we all make them, whether it's this or something else. So by going to your child and doing the repair and changing the dynamic, you can actually teach them how to do better for themselves in the long run. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with Jackie Pillisoff. I'm here with Sherry Morris, divorce coach and co-parenting coach, and we're talking about the reasons you shouldn't share the details of your divorce with your kids. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get to reason number two, and then we're also going to get into who you should share with and how. We'll be right back. I want to recommend two Divorced Girls Smiling partners, both who I think you are really going to want to know about. The first one is financial advisor Joanne Lippman. I have known Joe, I call her Joe, for about, I'd say, five or six years. And Joe is a financial advisor with a focus on working with people who are getting divorced or who are already divorced. And Joe draws not only from her own divorce, but also her experience working with so many clients at all stages of divorce. Joanne doesn't have a minimum. So she takes portfolio sizes of any size, doesn't charge a fee to meet with her and discuss her situation, and believes that everyone should have their own advisor, not a shared advisor or a neutral party, but someone who will act in your best interest. When you work with Joanne, you have someone who can relate, who can bring clarity to a stressful and confusing time and who can help you understand the impact of certain decisions, both short-term and long-term. I really think the world of Joanne. You can find her in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to recommend the Law Office of Tiffany Hughes. I've known Tiffany for, I'd say, three or four years. She is an amazing person, has built a very large divorce practice. She's in the Chicago area. Tiffany is really a go-getter. She's extremely aggressive, will fight for you, but she also isn't just in there to fight. Her mission is to get you a good divorce outcome that you're happy with, whether that means litigation, mediation, the collaborative process, and I just love Tiffany. Great, great person. You can find Tiffany at thughueslaw.com or in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff and I'm your host. Today, I'm talking with Sherry Morris, divorce coach and parenting coach. And Sherry and I are talking about why you shouldn't share the details of divorce with your kids. And Sherry, I'm going to move on to number two, which is as your child grows up, if you have made them your confidant, they may not have a good basis for their own emotional regulation. What does that mean? So it builds on reason number one, to be very clear. But in this particular case, I think it's important enough to make it a separate point. And what it really means is as your child learns and grows into young adulthood, if this has happened, if they are your confidant, they may have unhealthy 
coping mechanisms and a higher rate of depression, anxiety, and even eating disorders. The reason this happens is they were too young when they were asked to take on some of your stuff, your emotions, your dysregulation, which is what I call that over-communication of a parent with a child in divorce. And teaching you know, your child how to manage difficulty as they grow is a critical skill. So if they have been your confidant, they may not have the skills to do that because they have learned too much, too young, and don't know how to process emotion, to self-regulate in a way you would have demonstrated to them. So in other words, your children are not your buddies. They're not your girlfriends who you're having a glass of wine with and talking about what a jerk your ex-husband is, even if he is. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from personal experience, and Sherry, I bet you can too, it's not easy to not do this. There were so many times when my kids were young and I wanted to say like, can you believe your father is doing this? Like, can you believe he did this to me or anything? Something that happened in court, his new girlfriend, um, something that happened with the child support check, whatever it was. And you wanna tell your kids so badly. But what Sherry and I are telling you is you have to just hold it in and you have to tell other people, not your kids. That is very succinctly and well said, Jackie. And I want to add one additional caveat here, and I think it's an important one. Don't confuse this principle, which is really important, with meeting your kids where they are. In other words, if they come to you and say, why is dad or mom such a jerk? You can say, whatever their experience is, that must have been really hard for you. And then make sure they have a resource, a therapist, for example, who they can process that with separately as a third party neutral. That mom or dad doesn't need to be the one to say, yeah, you're right, they are a jerk, but it is important to hold space for what they're feeling. In other words, we don't want to, and I love this term because it applies to kids too, gaslight them. Well, that's not true. It's okay. It's fine. But we also don't want to launch into our own story of what's wrong, right, with their co-parent, our co-parent, their parent. So it's a little tricky here, right? We're saying don't you go to them as your confidant, but if they come to you, do hold the space for what they need to process and then make sure they have a resource because that's ultimately how we help our children develop into people who can deal with difficult people and be resilient and have the skill set to do that. Sherry, I just love that. And I think it's okay to say to your kids, I understand that you're upset. I feel so bad that you're upset. Come here, give me a hug. You can say anything you want to me. You can say whatever, no judgment, anything you want. But try not to say, I know he's, he's been a huge jerk to me too. You know, and instead say, maybe he's going through a really difficult time. Maybe it's his issue and has nothing to do with you. Anything you think, but I know you're dying to just say he is a jerk. But try, try, try so hard not to say that. Well said.
Number three, if you don't teach your child about taking responsibility for their actions by showing them that you take responsibility for yourself, they may become the adolescent who blames others for everything that goes wrong too. Yeah, this is a tough one. And and by the way, developmentally, you know, adolescence is difficult, right? And so whether you're divorced or not, teenagers are tough. So I don't want to paint the picture that if you have a teenager that does a little bit of this, that you it's your fault because you've done something wrong and you're divorced, right? We can all admit in our little secret society as parents that teenagers can just be difficult and they, you know, they can act like jerks sometimes too, just like we can. So really, I'm, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> have that right. experience. I mean, not yours, Jackie. <laughs> not yours. Not mine either. <clears throat> but yes. So, so, so what I want to say, however, is for example, if your co-parent does something and your response to that is always, "Well, I wouldn't have had this problem if they didn't do this." Your kids watch what you do, right? And then everything that happens to them they start to do that too. Well, I didn't do that if the teacher wasn't such a jerk and didn't give me a deadline. You know, I'm not one of those people who can deal with the deadline. And you, you find yourself saying, what? Where did they get the idea that that's the case? Well, maybe you role model that to them. So what I prefer and the tool and tip I usually give and the work I do with family systems is make sure that if you have a role to play that you're, you say it. Oh my gosh, I was, you know, I messed up and I, I really, I'll make sure I apologize to your dad for that. Um, and, oh yeah, he was late. Sometimes that happens. Um, or, you know, just making clear that you have a role to play too. I always ask the question and people don't always like it. I don't, I know I don't always like it when I ask it of myself. What's your role in the drama? The question is a good one because I think in any situation, if we're not going to neutral, we can tend to escalate things. So to the extent we can just acknowledge our role and move on, that's really good role modeling for our kids. So my three favorite words, one of a few phrases is, I messed up. And I really, when you said that, I was like, oh, she just said my three favorite words. And I uh -huh. really have tried to teach my kids because people respond so well when you say, I messed up. It just happened to me the other day. I made a mistake on one of my client's sites. And she said, oh, did you know that this was like this? And I said, oh, this was completely my fault. I messed up. I'll fix it. And she was like, oh, no problem. Instead of becoming defensive and saying, well, my web designer kind of played a role in why I met, you know, no, I messed up. Take accountability and teach your kids to do that, too. People love forgiving people. People love vulnerability and authenticity and honesty. It is so true. And I love that you use an example outside of divorce, because I think for many of us who work, you know, at a high level with clients, with a lot of people, the tendency is to want to present, right, as, as well as we can and to be perfect all the time. It's also true of parenting and co-parenting. So when we can have the grace to teach our children to humble themselves as we will do, and again, they do what you do, not what you say. It's, it's really the best gift and lesson we can give them. Love it.
Sherry, I want to move on to, we talked about why you shouldn't share the details of your divorce with your kids. So what if you do need to vent? I mean, I know we said, okay, divorce coach, therapist, but I want you to just tell my listeners in more detail, how do you get rid of that frustration and that anger and resentment without letting your kids know? So I do like the idea of friends and family to a limited extent, but friends and family have their limits. Their bandwidth can be limited, right? Their own life perspective can be limited. They may actually not be your best advocate in this process. And that's why I always talk about neutral, neutral people. And particularly for divorce, I think coaches are really great because we do this every day, all day long. And what we notice is a pattern, right? People get stuck sometimes early on in the process. They need to vent, as you said. They need to talk about their experience of this divorce. And then with tips and tools, what are we going to do now? They can be more proactive and learn to shift the victim mentality. Whether they're the ones that wanted the divorce or were subject to divorce, we can all be in that space. So I see the most successful solutions come from working with a professional in this space. And it's not going to be your legal advisor. That's just too expensive and not what they're good at, by the way. Lawyers in general are very good at taking care of your needs in court or outside of it, but they're not prepared to deal with this emotional or practical stuff. So talk to a professional in this field and they will help you move along the spectrum of healing. And it's really the best way. Get into a program that works with people who do this work specifically. And over time, time you know that expression, time heals all wounds. Not exactly sure I'd buy into that, but I do be, believe strongly that time plus proactive work can heal your wounds. And tell my listeners, What's the difference between going to a therapist and a divorce coach, and should you go to both? Great question, Jackie. I get this question a lot. I would say from my perspective as a lawyer turned coach, the primary difference is therapy is very much a valid space for looking backward and figuring out why you are where you are now. Coaching, from my perspective, is learning about where you've been and looking forward to see where you're going next. So the answer to your question is both can be very important in divorce. If you're going through a divorce, make sure that the therapist you seek out has the experience of divorce. I really believe, and this is, you know, I don't think it's a dirty secret. I think people who work in this space who've actually been through divorce can really have more perspective, even professionally, if they've gone through it personally. So when I vet professionals, I actually look for that. Um, but I think both can be valid, but I really think coaching is important if you need to shift your behavior. And therapy can be really important to get that validation you seek about why you are where you are now. Sherry, this has been wonderful. You are a wealth of information. You sound just like such a wonderful, warm, compassionate coach. And uh, thank you so much for taking time to do this. Jackie, it was my pleasure.
tell my listeners where they can find you. The best place to find me is my website, DearDivorceCoach.com. You can sign up for a no-obligation discovery Zoom session. I will meet you where you are, hear what's going on with you, share a little bit about the work I do, and see if there's a good intersection, and we can work together. So hop on to Dear Divorce Coach. There's also tons of no-obligation resources for you in your divorce and co-parenting. I want to end on this note. I know you're frustrated. I know there are times where you can't even look at your ex right now because you're just so annoyed and infuriated with him or her. And I know it's really, really hard, but here's what I want to tell you in closing about talking to your kids. There is way too much other stuff to talk and to laugh about, especially if you have really young kids. Like I got divorced when my kids were three and five. And I'm going to give a plug to my boyfriend slash domestic partner who he's the best with kids. Like what he'll do if there's nothing to say and things get a little bit like awkward or tense or something just happened and the kid's a little upset, he'll say something like, what's your favorite kind of sandwich? He'll just bring that up and then kids just light up and they move on to the next subject and they start laughing and they go, oh, well, I love peanut butter and jelly. Well, I really love turkey with Swiss cheese or whatever. Or he'll say like, what are your three favorite NFL football teams? Something to break the ice. And what I want to tell my listeners is that kids need to be kids and these kinds of discussions and questions and laughing and singing and dancing is so important, especially when you're going through a divorce. So just love your kids, make sure they have fun every day, even though it's a hard time, and leave the details of your divorce to your divorce coach and or therapist. So I hope that helps everybody. And if you want to find trusted vetted divorce professionals like Sherry, or you wanna listen to more podcasts or read articles or download my mobile app or sign up for the free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.